And that's important because really money is a big part of our lives. We use it every day. We interact with it. It is one of the most significant things that goes on in any person's life. The lack of it, the abundance of it, what you spend it on, what you don't spend it on is something that we interact with all the time. So we shouldn't be surprised when this is part of the discipleship program. You know, people sometimes get nervous uh, whenever this topic's brought up in church. And the reason they get nervous is because they've had bad experiences, right? Where a church is really trying to maybe put like an emotional, put the screws to them emotionally, right? Um, now that's not good. And Paul actually addresses that. Don't do it under coercion. Don't do it, you know, in that way. But he also says, but also don't do it reluctantly. Don't, don't make someone have to tell you to do it. Welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. My name is Pastor Jason. I'm the executive pastor here at Whitefields. This right next to me is Pastor Nick Cady. He's the lead pastor here at Whitefields Community Church. And this is the Sermon Extra, where we dig a little deeper into the topics that are brought up in the sermon. And now is a great time to talk about a little bit more of what Pastor Nick may not have been able to cover, but are some really great, interesting topics. Like and subscribe on YouTube if you like what you hear, or subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast app, if you will. And uh, lately, we have been uh, moving through the book of 2 Corinthians, and the last couple weeks, we have been focusing on giving, as chapter 8 and 9 focus on that. And um, the last sermon here on Sunday was entitled, uh, Becoming a Cheerful Giver, and based off of chapter 9. And uh, chapters, uh, I'm sorry, verse 6 brings up a really good point that you didn't uh, really have a lot of time to dig into, but, um, and let me read it to you here. It says, um, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And an interesting point is that uh, there are other uh, individuals that use this verse to kind of take advantage of the situation, and uh, maybe not for the best of purposes. Yeah. So, I, you know, on Sunday morning, I don't like to necessarily bring up what other people do wrong or or believe wrong <laughs> right. uh, unless it's helpful. And in this case, I thought it was just better to just teach what the passage said. But the fact is that this verse has been used, I would say, you know, in recent times. I can remember being a kid, being a kid as a teenager, committing my life to the Lord. And then I had a TV in my bedroom. And so as I was like, okay, now I'm a follower of Jesus, what do I do? So then I was like, oh, cool, there's these great Christian channels. It turned out that those Christian TV channels were generally not very good at all, right? They were awful a lot of times and uh, like weird teachings. And I could remember specifically some super off the wall stuff that I remember hearing. But I also remember that they spent about half their time like fundraising and it was like a lot of like, you know, people sitting by phones waiting for people to call in. And then like a guy like trying to talk them into calling in and giving right. and then not just giving a little, but giving a lot. And one of the ways that they would do this, they often talk about seed faith. Right. So you got to have like seed faith, which basically it's jumping off of this verse, but also a few other verses in the Bible. And here's the basic premise. And I'll get into a little bit of the details. If you give. $10 worth of money, 
to God. Then God is then going to give you like tenfold or up to a hundredfold, right? So let's say... Sounds like a good deal. It's a good deal, right? <laughs> like, so if you give, essentially these, you know, televangelists were saying, if you give $10 to our ministry, then God will give you a hundred dollars and as much as a thousand dollars. So just do the math. The more you give, the more wealthy you will get in return and God will do it. In fact, he said it in his word. Therefore, he absolutely will do it uh, unless you do something wrong. And then it's on you. Right. Um, and so th that's how they would do this. And it was super manipulative. Right. And I, I've talked to people over the years who would say, you know, my grandmother, she would watch these people on TV and she just gave them so much money over time. And uh, and guess what? She did not get wealthier. In fact, she got impoverished. And these people, um, you know, oftentimes spending lavishly, using the money of people who they've gotten rich off of through this manipulative and misleading tactic. Here's why it's manipulative and misleading. Um, what Paul's talking about there, he is talking about giving. And he is saying, if you give generously, you will be blessed generously. That's what he's saying. Yeah, but he's not saying it's going to be monetary. It's not going to be one for one. It's not If you give... $10, you're not necessarily going to get $100 back, but you're going to be blessed in some way. That way may be a, a way of discipleship, something that happens inside of you. It may be in some other way. And you know what? It might be materially, but if you read the later verses in, the, in chapter 9, it gets back to this principle that basically, look, if you will say, God, I'll be a funnel for blessing, then God will give you things to be a funnel for blessing with. Those may not be material, may not be money at all. But the point is, you think back to like Abraham. Remember what God said to Abraham in Genesis 12? He said, Abraham, uh, if you'll take my hand and walk with me, I will make you a great man. But I won't just make you a great man. I will make you a great nation. And he says, from you, all the peoples of the world will be blessed. In other words, he's usually saying, I will bless you so that you may be a blessing to the nations. It wasn't just, I'm going to bless you so you can be the most blessed guy on the block. No, it's, I'm going to bless you because through you, I want to bless other people. In other words, God's vision for your life is not just about you having more stuff or being the most blessed guy you know. That God's vision for your life is to do things through you. That leads to joy in your life much more than just having more stuff. And so if you'll say, God, I'll be a conduit. I'll be, you know, if you give me this, I'm going to pass it on. And I'll, we'll just keep doing that. Man, I, I bet that uh, that is what this verse is saying. And again, that's not just limited to money. And there's also no guarantee, right? That like, okay, so Nick, what you're saying is all I got to do is give money away. And then I'm going to get more money. Again, once you're doing that, what is your driving motivation? Your driving motivation is I'm using this as like a technicality, if you will, at, in order to make myself rich. Why? So that I can enjoy it and spend it on myself. That's literally what it says in the book of James. You pray and you ask, but you have not. Why? Because God knows that you just want to spend it on yourself. Right. And so but but if we will become people who are generous as a principle of life. Right. Then God will be generous towards us. That's what Jesus said. If you use the big scoop with others, God will use the big scoop with you. But if you use the little scoop with others, then don't expect God to use the big scoop with you. 
it's a, it's a method of discipleship. It's how we, you know, as I always say, teaching us to give is not God's way of raising money so much as it's God's way of raising kids. It's a discipleship mode. It's a, it's a tool that he uses in that process of making us into the people he desires us to be. And that's important because really money is a big part of our lives. We use it every day. We interact with it. It is one of the most significant things that goes on in any person's life. The lack of it, the abundance of it, what you spend it on, what you don't spend it on is something that we interact with all the time. So we shouldn't be surprised when this is part of the discipleship program. You know, people sometimes get nervous uh, whenever this topic's brought up in church. And the reason they get nervous is because they've had bad experiences, right? Where a church is really trying to maybe put like an emotional, put the screws to them emotionally, right? Um, now that's not good. And Paul actually addresses that. Don't do it under coercion. Don't do it, you know, in that way. But he also says, but also don't do it reluctantly. Don't, don't make someone have to tell you to do it, right? Like uh, this, is, this should be something you do intentionally, regularly, worshipfully. Um, yeah, but it's a shame that, that people have been manipulated in this way. And oftentimes it's, it's to line the pockets of selfish people. You know, yeah. So I always wonder about those guys, you know, the guys with the big ministries and big money. You know, there's plenty of churches. I could tell you lots of churches who are doing really good things and they're always strapped for money. Um, why don't those guys follow the same principle? If they want to get wealthy, why don't they start making donations to other ministries? But, but they don't, see? Yeah, so that's a red flag there. Okay, now to break down their logic and why it's not right with this whole seed faith giving thing that's basically like a, uh, it's like a pyramid scheme. It's kind of how it's like a, the Christian version of a pyramid scheme. Yeah. So the way it works is this, they go over to Matthew chapter 13, where it says that, you know, if you sow good seed into good soil, you might get back tenfold, 30 fold, 60 fold, or even a hundred fold. And then there's another passage in the gospel of Mark, for example, where Jesus' disciples, uh, Jesus is talking to the rich young ruler, and he says, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. And it says that the man was unwilling to do that, and he went away sad. But then in response to that, Peter, he's standing there with the other disciples. They're kind of talking to each other, and they're like, well, Jesus, what about us? We have done what you just told that man to do. What about us? We have left house and home and mother and children and all these things for your sake and for your kingdom. And Jesus says, Truly I say to you, anyone who has left house and home and mother and children for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will receive those things back a hundredfold in this life and in and eternal life and life to come. There's a, there's a really important principle there, and I'll get to it in one second. But let me go back to that first example. When Jesus says that whole thing about 10, 30, 60, 100, seed, right? You plant a seed, you might get that response in mm -hmm. good soil. That is... In response, that's talking about the preaching of the gospel, the teaching of God's word, and four different common responses to hearing the word of God, right? There's the hard soil that just kind of hits and bounces off. It doesn't impact it and it never takes root. You've got those who it, it sinks in, but the soil is rocky. And so it just, it's like a flash in the pan. They get really excited and then, uh, then you never see them again, right? Then they move on to the next thing they're really excited about. It never takes root or the roots don't go deep, right? So it burns up fast, flash in the pan. Okay, then the third one, he said, then there's the, the soil that's got a lot of weeds in it. And what happens is 
the cares of this world, Jesus says, takes root, but the cares of this world choke it out and it dies, right? There's so many other things vying for attention and nutrients, etc. It dies. And then he said the fourth one is the good soil. And then when the gospel, when the word of God goes into that good soil, it produces much fruit. Now what that's referring to is the attitudes of our hearts, the soil of our hearts, not referring to giving money at all, even though it's using the word seed, just like 2 Corinthians 9, 6 is using the word seed. Okay, the other passage in Mark is really actually teaching, again, the opposite of this like get-rich-quick scheme by giving money to ministry. And that is, it, it would say, uh, you know, he's saying, if you've sacrificed these things, then you will receive back a hundredfold in this life and eternal life to come. Man, I got to tell you, that's just true. Like, I, I remember being a missionary, and we, I remember one time we went down to Kosovo. We went there to see, we had worked with some refugees from Kosovo, and then they had gone back home after the war was over. And so we traveled from Hungary down to Kosovo. And um, we were there in Kosovo. It was not safe. There were even like explosions while we were there. And, um, and yet we were welcomed in by these Christian people who we had never met. And we were staying in their house. They're feeding us, taking care of us. And it's like, okay, yeah, I left my home in America, for example. I left my home even in Hungary to come down here. And what did I receive? A hundredfold more because I'm part of this kingdom, right? I've received uh, houses and mothers and brothers much more than I could have ever. In other words, anything you sacrifice for the Lord, you're going to get back so much more, right? Yeah. Is there sacrifice involved in the gospel? Absolutely. Every person who follows Jesus will have to make a sacrifice. But you know what? The question is this, is it worth it? And the answer is, it is more than worth it. That's what that's about. It's not a pyramid scheme to get rich. Now, all that to say, these principles that we talked about are still true, right? God does call us, as he says there in verse 7 of chapter 9, he says, every person, each one should give. I mean, that's pretty clear. Every Christian's called to be part of this. It's part of the discipleship program for every Christian, no matter how much you have or don't have. Yeah, we're called as Christians to be generous as you were just saying, and, and to give, uh, which brings up a point, are we, is there a point where we can be too generous and it can actually hurt us? I've heard people talk about that before. Yeah, I think that you can be, but let me just say this. I think for the, I think, I don't know if I've ever met anybody who has done that. Now, maybe, maybe you can't be, I'm not sure, but I would say this, like, let's think it through. Let's say in theory, could you give too much? Here's the thing about giving. Anytime you give, you're giving and that giving means that it's at the detriment of spending that money on something else, right? So for the average person who has disposable income, which again, we looked at it this week, we in the United States have more disposable income now than we've ever had in the history of the United States and in the history of the world. We have more disposable income and there's more consumer spending going on than ever before. So what that means is that for almost everyone in our country, right, you are um, choosing when you give, it's at the detriment of spending money on yourself for recreation, personal care, et cetera, right? Un, not things that are necessary for existence. But I, I would say like, um, 
That's true. Even, you know, we asked the question a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, I believe. Should you give if you're barely making your bills? My answer is yes. And here's why. Because, again, maybe you, you, you've created this baseline that's super high. And that's actually the issue. You need to actually reassess your whole approach to life or your whole like assumptions about what you need. And maybe that's what needs to be. Maybe you don't need those vehicles. Maybe you don't need that standard of living that you've come to enjoy. Maybe you don't need those recreational things. Those aren't really needs, right? And like, so if you're, you know, maybe it's time to reassess altogether. I don't think that that's a bad thing. In fact, I think it, yeah, there's some pain in it, but I mean, that's kind of the point, right? Is that this should cause you to rethink your entire approach to the way you live your life and what you value and what you invest your time, energy, and resources into, which is what money represents is our life. Right, right. Well, those are some great answers to some difficult questions. So thank you very much, Pastor Nick. Thank you, folks, for joining us here on our Sermon Extra. And remember, if you like what you hear, like and subscribe. And uh, also, you can find us on your favorite podcast app. So for all of us here at Whitefields Community Church, you have a blessed day.